This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to The Blank Podcast, the podcast where we talk to well-known people about their lives, their careers and navigating those difficult moments along the way. I'm Giles Pay Phillips and with me is Jim Daly. Hello to you. How you doing? All right, man. How are you? Uh, not too bad, actually. Not too bad at all. The sun is shining. Uh, mm-hmm. Summer is officially here. We're into June now. June, 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 June. Well, I mean, we're recording in May little peep behind the curtain um mm. but this is going out in june so hopefully it'll be even hotter than today today's a nice day though it's sort of bree- bit of a breeze nice blue skies uh yeah feeling good about the world how are you yeah i think you're right i think it's, the weather's getting warmer it's nice and i think everyone seems to be a little bit obviously the world is a very fragile place at the moment um lots of sort of horrible things going on but i think a bit of sunshine does definitely lift people's spirits to a certain extent there is scientific um i'm getting a phone call sorry um there is scientific fact behind that isn't there that the sun makes you feel better isn't there <laughs> asking me like i'm some sort of have i made that up no i thought like you were sort of going into like now giles there are some <laughs> like i was about to sort of yes jim you're right um yeah, funny you should say that, Jim. Well, I have well, I guess, the science in front of you. Yeah, um, I don't know, but I know that obviously the sun, you get vitamin D from the sun, and that's maybe very good for yeah. you. Um, yeah, maybe it's that. In fact, that was a, something that people were sort of told to, to sort of take vitamin D supplements during the lockdown, weren't they? Because one, because we were sort of isolated, we weren't going out as much. But two, I think it's good for your immune system. So it's uh, if you're feeling a bit off colour, getting getting out in the sunshine is and fresh air is normally pretty good for you. Miranda makes me take these Wellman tablets. Do you take Wellman? Those? Wellman, whatever it's called. Wellman. Is that what it's called? The one with David Gandhi on the front. Wellman. I, I would say I would have called the Wellman. Wellman but I would have, but yeah, Wellman sounds like well, Wellman. Wellman. But or, it is Wellman. Oh, it's a Wellman. Oh, yes, well yeah. Yeah, it's a Wellman. But it's it a bit like well um, that makes me think of uh, we used to have a sp- theory about Spider Man um, that Spider-Man. If, he, if he's no, Spider Man. 
Yeah, yeah. Would he be Spider-Man and Superman? Mr. Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if it's Wellman or Wellman. Do you think there's ever been someone I assumed called... it was his name. I just assumed it was Mr. Wellman. No, because he... Uh, the guy on the front? No, I, well, I guess so, yeah. I mean, the, the inventor. Yeah, the, invest, the inventor of the product, I thought, was just Mr. Wellman. Wellman. <laughs> Wellman could be, it could be. There probably have definitely been, been people called Wellman. I wonder if there's ever been someone called Spider-Man. I, I love it if there was man, someone called Mr. Spider-Man. I've just Googled Mr. Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> it would just be pictures of Spider-Man, probably. Yeah, nothing's, yeah. nothing's coming up. But Do I'm going to research that. Yeah, this like speed of money or something like that. Speed of money, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's like you ever used to watch Thirty Rock? Yeah, Doctor Doctor Spaceman. Yeah, Doctor Spaceman. Yeah, It's like we used to have a customer in my old toy shop, and um, she used to, she would ring up and order a product, and she'd say it's it's Diath, and you'd say how's that spelled, and she'd say D E A T H. So what death? But um, is a Diath, it has an apostrophe, doesn't it? This one didn't. Oh, it didn't. So, so it was just it, literally it, death. She was Mrs. Death. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Right. Death. Okay. Uh, Madam Death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she was like, it's like bouquet and bucket, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, like I knew someone who whose friend friend's mum was a doctor or something, and their last name was Love. So she was Doctor Do- Love. Oh, what a great Doctor Love. So Dr. Great. Love is about to speak. <laughs> oh, man, my name's so boring in comparison. I know. Oh, Jim Love. Jim Love. Mr. Love. Good, that'd be a good name, wouldn't it? Be a good name. What, Jim Love? Jim Love. It, may, it sounds like I'm playing tennis. Yeah, that's, a, that's really an interesting... Badly. Would you... What? Yeah, if you could sort of have any surname and change by Depole, what, what would it be? It's a good question, isn't it? Um, Spider-Man, probably. Yeah, Mr. Spider-Man. Jim Spider. Jim Spiderman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be a great stage name. People would remember yeah. that, wouldn't they? Oh, mate, it'd be brilliant for comedy. I mean, you, yeah. you're, yeah, your name's one of the first jokes. You know, yeah. say hi, I'm, <laughs> I'm Jim. Jim Spiderman. You can go five minutes out of that easy. Absolutely Man, that's easy. that's this is all gold for your fringe set. Well, it's not because it's not my name, so I just can't. Yeah, but you could change oh. it by Depold as a as a sort of thing, <laughs> couldn't you? I'm getting the posters made now, so I'm Jim Spiderman. Very quick. To be fair, my name, I need to do more on this in my set, but my name, Jim Daly, is also an activity. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, there is something there. Yeah, Jim Daly. It's, it's unfortunately the activity that I don't do, so I don't honour my name very well. But there's definitely something in uh, something in that. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, enough enough of this name silly, chat. This silly stuff. Um, we've got a great guest today. It's Rosie Day. Oh, Rosie is so great. What a great person. Mm. Um, a really just a very open, honest conversation as well, which is great. And I think that's a you know, she's got a fantastic story. You know, got into uh, she was a child actor from the age of four, so a very sort of different upbringing to what most of us would have gone through. And mm. we talk a lot about that. Um, and she's in a moment in her life where she's being sort of retrospective about that and and, and learning about herself and stuff. So, very much in the right place to be on the podcast, I guess. Um, she's got some great stories about, about that, but we also talk a lot about, um, learning about yourself and, and we talk a lot about therapy we we, we talk about charles the polyvagal theory yeah we, we actually mm. do get quite scientific on this episode yeah well i mean we use scientific well, words rosie does rosie does we, we just <laughs> sit there and nod and be like wow that sounds wow yeah, okay. tell, us, tell us about it um 
Yeah, no, it was great. She was really candid, and, and it was like we said in in the podcast. I'm sure there'll be lots of people listening who might be thinking about reaching out for for support and and help, maybe yeah. looking yeah. for therapy themselves. And you know, obviously, we advocate that very much on on the podcast in general. But yeah, it was it was definitely a, an opportunity to do that today on the podcast. And uh, yeah, it was really great. And like you said, she's sort of in, um, unpacking quite a lot of stuff in recent months. And you know, she was obviously it was very lovely of her to share that with us. And um, yeah, it must be, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to be working, you know, and she said, you know, she realized quite early on that she was working, it was work, being on stage and stuff at that age, you know, that's, that's quite mad, really, isn't it? To, to consider that. So yeah, I, I guess a lot for her to sort of think about as she's getting older. Um, but yeah, that was great conversation. She's just really good company and um, very nice of her to come on the podcast. Yes. Um, we, I mean, we talk about cats she's got five cats we'll talk about that That, that's what we open the chat with um we talk about famous trampolinists i've got so many tabs open here uh which you know it's been a good episode when i got Mm. loads of tabs open with our with our subjects as well so it was uh yeah a really good a really fun one really great one but before we get into it Mm. shall we read some well not tweets this week Giles. we're gonna do something a bit different aren't we yeah i've got some reviews from chartable which is sort of compiles all your reviews which is really nice and much easier probably it's really good so we've got some lovely ones here one's from angry lf and they said Ooh. great show five stars dawn french interview was so good great show overall and i've also got another one here and it's from uh savas fr 12w uh, and he said love you guys if you want to laugh out loud and feel smarter and feel the love and yes what a great show blankets that's a lovely review although i feel slightly like that person has put their password instead of their username <laughs> yeah. down so i might be careful about that maybe don't share that publicly um no thank you very much those are great reviews we really really appreciate it uh, so please do get in contact if you've enjoyed this episode or any episode oh and do check out our patron i've done mm. it at the top of the podcast well, I to go. I well there's get... extra chat extra cat chat extra chat extra cat chat cat chat oh man we should have called this episode cat chat um with Rosie, yes, and all our guests each week. Uh, and you get that at our patron, patron.com, P A T R E O N.com slash blank podcast. There's only one tier, it's about four quid or 450, I think. And uh, you get extra content every single week and you get the episodes a week early and without adverts. So, I mean, what, 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 what you, want? you want? I know, okay. I know. Bargain, absolutely bargain. Right, should we go into the episode? Yes. This is the fantastic Rosie Day on the blank podcast. <laughs> Um, Rose, it's so lovely to see you, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank um, you for having. Oh no, but it's a, it's a joy to see you because you know I've got to know you over the last, sort of, I suppose, over the last couple of years over on um, various different social media. So it's lovely to talk to you in real life. Um, we were just talking off air about cats, and um, I think it's a good place to start. I mean, all, I think all podcasts should start. Do you know what? I wonder. There must be some po- cat podcasts. They, oh, there should. Be. Yeah. And I should- go on them yeah absolutely i'm just thinking that yeah celebs with their cats yeah um oh i've got an idea for something there you go that's a new one charles i've googled cat podcasts and there's millions of them the top uh entry is 15 best cat podcasts listened to in 2022 there's 15 podcasts you know 
subscribe market. Yeah. <laughs> That's 15 of the best, by the way, Giles. So there's, there's obviously more than that. So uh, plenty of listeners. What are the download Next numbers? 18 of the best. <laughs> what are Probably the download not. numbers? Probably not great. Um, yeah, anyway. The problem uh, with the cat podcast course, Charles, is that after all, there's a massive pause. That's sorry, that's that's terrible. Oh, <laughs> we started off really badly. Um, have you always been a cat person, Rosie? Never, never. Okay, my sister is like deadly allergic. My dad is quite allergic. Um, we never had cats. My sister can't come around my house. Um, so you've prioritized, prioritized. I say yeah. we, there is no we, it's just me. Uh, there was a we and we had cat we got a cat from an actor and then the cat gave birth and uh, the other person wanted to keep all the cats so we kept all the cats um, and now I have all the cats so <laughs> I five cats. you inherited the cats, did I the, inherited the cats. Did, can I just clarify did the person that gave you the cat know that the cat was expecting interestingly it was more of a moment where it was like as they closed the door, by the way. (laughs) That's the way to do it, I suppose, isn't it? And she was only six months old. So it was like the earliest that she could possibly get pregnant. Um, And, and the vet was like, yep, there you go. So uh, I, I consequently now I'm in the position where I probably do need to give them away, but some of them away because I can't manage. However, like I've raised them since they were born. So they're essentially just children, which is ridiculous. Yeah, we we had a cat back when uh, my family home back in in Kent and similar sort of thing. There was a cat up. Someone had found a cat up a road. I think had been knocked over or something, and she'd given birth to a litter. So every all the one of the each of the houses down the road took in one. So we all took in one cat, and uh, so we had so the brothers and sisters basically sort of living next door to each other. Um, our cat uh, Jackson. Or Jacko, as I used to call him. So it was like um, a retirement village, was it? It was like, a, no, but with a young cat. Oh, sorry, like sorry, a, yeah. Yeah, a borstal. Kind of. Yeah, it's a borstal. <laughs> but they all thought they were human because they were being raised from humans by humans, sorry, really early. So he kind of thought he was a little boy, basically. Yeah, yeah mine don't, um, because they live in like a pack. Um, they don't have any like defense mechanisms. So they can't hunt, they can't do, you know, one got attacked the other day really got to have surgery because it got attacked oh, by no. is they they literally have because they've grown up in this sort of like family they they just seem to think that they're not really they don't have to do the normal cat things yeah jacko is exactly the same he, he got he got he got hit by a car at one point and had to have surgery on his they get to have a plate or something put in his hip so mm-hmm. he ended up like walking sort of like half cat half monkey hybrid it was very <laughs> funny to watch um oh you're mocking your disabled cat well, he's passed now, unfortunately. But they, we had him for a long time. He was—he was one of the best things that ever happened to the family. He was—he uh, was absolutely great. Um, so they yeah. are great cats because they are much more manageable. In so, I know you've got a lot, so maybe you not might not agree with this, but in general, they're more manageable than dogs. I think. Um, oh my god! Yeah, you because know, you yeah. can just sort of leave them, and you know, even if you go on holiday, you get someone to come in. And I mean, we've got those like. Um, we're not going away for too long. We've got those like timer trays that open and yeah. yeah. And then you can just get someone to come and feed them and they just do their own thing and they just kind of rock up when they want a bit of food and attention. And then they just waddle off. I know people have got friends who've got dogs recently and it's quite a, quite a um, commitment getting a dog. A huge, yeah. One step away from having a child, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you guys could, this is a very, this is a very early tangent for the podcast, but I'm going to go with it. If you guys could be a cat or a dog, 
or come back as a cat or a dog, what what would you go for? I De- think I'd like to be a puppy, like a very loved puppy. <laughs> just yeah. that stage, just a puppy. <laughs> like whether just you get picked up and cuddled all the time, and everyone just tells you how cute you are, and when you walk down the street, people stop and are like. Mm. Yeah, and I think you'd have to be kind of like a breed that is pick upable, so like a Shih Tzu yeah. or something, very yeah. fluffy. <laughs> um, I think I'd go for a cat. I mean, I my our cat, our, our, our mittens. Um, he he has such a good life. Um, he's <laughs> so loved by us all, and um, I think, wow, yeah, that's that's. It's just got no. It doesn't seem to have any cares or worries. Yeah. I'm sure he has, you know, like foxes. I, I think. Um, <laughs> But generally, he just seems pretty chilled. I think it depends on, like, your personality, I guess, because... Oh, I don't know. I guess, like, because a cat... A cat, there's no obligation to give back. So a cat can just get love, 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 and then just wants to leave the day, just, like, piss off. Whereas I think dogs, it's more of a two-way kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know what I'd... I don't know what I'd be, to be honest. I, don't, I, should, have, I should have had my own answer for the question, and. Have a think um, over the podcast and you can do at the end. I'm just thinking though, Rosie, like you say, so you you basically live with a family of cats. Like that to me, it sounds like the start of a Disney movie. Yeah. Or yeah, I I, I think I'm still in like the Cinderella bit where it's a bit rubbish and waiting for the. Still clearing up after them. I'm I'm waiting for like my fairy godmother to rock up. (laughs) And relieve you of four of the cats. (laughs) Um. Anyway, enough of this tomfoolery. Let's talk about... Uh, Tom cat foolery. Yeah. Oh, very good. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> two bad jokes already. Um, we're not normally this bad with the awful puns. Um, <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, now, your acting career started very, very early, didn't it? You, I mean, because normally we start our podcast by asking about school and stuff, but you actually started your acting, your, you know, which is obviously what you do, very early. You were four years old. And yeah. you started at the National Theatre. Can you remember any of that? Because obviously, you know, I can't, I'm trying to think if I can remember anything from being four and the very vague memories. But I mean, obviously that's quite an impactful thing to do at that age. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's certainly something I've been looking at recently, I think more in depth. Like when I see four-year-olds in cafes and I'm like, I was on stage. <laughs> I was, you know, they're t- four-year-olds are tiny. Um, yeah, I can, I can remember... I, I, so I did three plays at the National from the age of like four and nine. And I can remember all of them, I think, very, very vividly. But like, I do sort of think like, oh, when four-year-olds were meant to be going to bed, I was going on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Playing pretend. And I, I mean, I don't think you know, as a child actor, I don't, I don't think at that age, you know what you're doing. You're just hired because you're well-behaved and you may be cute and you kind of just do what you're told. Um, but I, I, I do remember kind of very early on knowing I had a job, which was okay. four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So were your parents into performing? And, and, no, my, no, no not, not at all. My parents are nothing to do with the entertainment industry, but my sister, uh, God love her, was one of those all singing, all dancing children. And um, actually what happened was before the national, she got a job on a BBC show called Hope and Glory. Oh, and okay, yeah. Little sister for her for that, and I accidentally was in uh, the waiting room. I think when they were auditioning little sisters for her, and the casting director was like, "There's a real one. There's a real little sister." <laughs> and the, the story, the story goes, is that the casting director 
came to me and said, Rosie, would you like to come in and audition? Like, do, do, would you like to come come in the room with us? And I turned around and said, no, acting stupid. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> and I often think, had somebody listened to me when I said that, my life would have been so different. Um, but I, I, I don't know how they got me in the room, but they did. Um, and, and, and yeah, and, and I kind of worked with my sister for a, a while. And because, uh, you know, siblings get cast together all the mm. time. And then, um, and then went went solo as it as it were. And then it's just I joke I say it's like one long big mistake that just sort of kept going. Really, that's really interesting about being sort of aware you're doing a job mm. though at, at such a young age. Backstage with the person that played my mum, and being like, okay, I'm going on stage as this character. This is who I'm playing. Like I can remember doing that at four, um, which is. Yeah, it's weird. It's, you know, it, it's interesting. I kind of thought I got through the child actor thing pretty unscathed, but I think recently when you explore that more in depth, like it's a very, it's a, it, it subconsciously infiltrates your, your whole, uh, your whole being really. I think as a little girl, when you're brought up to sort of be obedient and do what you're told and not ask questions and, and kind of people please as, as a child. So then mm. you can work it's it's you know if, if you're not well behaved and if you don't do what you're told it gets round and you don't get to do it again but yeah. i like to do it i get to miss school so it's like you you sort of become this this uh a character in a way of who of who you who you kind of turn up on or turn up as on set which is something that i still do i still have this demeanor that i put on every time i go on set um which i've got to stop doing that's not it's not authentic but that's but everything we do as adults or nearly everything is from our formative years as kids and you didn't have quite the sort of normal formative years that many four-year-olds do so of course you're going to be impacted now by the experiences you had then yeah and that's something that I'm only just learning like my inability to ask questions and to advocate for myself um all comes from the fact that on set you don't want to be the child that like needs things because then you're seen as like difficult or you're the reason they've got to roll again or like it's yeah it's it's actually really interesting yeah i think it and there's oh, sorry giles and th there's um there's obviously so much written and spoken about child actors uh, and tropes me tropes about child actors uh, and past experiences and stuff i think if you come out of that and you're clearly a well-rounded individual then you've you've you've, you've mm. smashed being a child actor and you've done you've done brilliant but I, I, you can see why definitely looking into it as an adult now you can see why a lot of child actors do go off the rails or have difficult times because they missed out on so much I think when they were young sorry postman sorry don't worry, um, don't worry. <laughs> there was a postman um <laughs> yeah you do you do and it's not and you know you don't have any perspective in terms of what a normal childhood is and I say this you know I wasn't a famous child actor but I worked a huge amount and there was times where I was doing filming in the day and theatre in the evening and you you I say what I think affects me now is that there's never been a time in my life that I can remember where it's not been, been about what's the next job, mm. what's the next job, what's the next audition, what's the next script. Um, and that's, and that's weird to kind of have that as a, you're like, you're like, okay, what's, what's next, what's next, what's next. And it sort of means you live your life sort of not necessarily being in the moment and being present because you're thinking about what the next, the next thing is. Do you feel like you've might've missed out on stuff though? you know like do, do you have a not regret because that's probably not the right word but do you feel like maybe you know it would have been nice to have had like a you know going through school in the normal way and maybe not had 
as much pressure yeah. on you that young? I, 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 I think there is a part of me that has always slightly been, had this need to want to be normal. Like, because I, I was the kid, I didn't go to a stage school. You know, I went to schools that were mm. normal schools. I was the only kid that was <laughs> taken out of school to be acting. And then you become that kid and that becomes like your title. Um, so I think there was definite moments where I was like, I just, just want to be normal. And like you do, you know, you have to sacrifice birthday parties and friendships. And mm. you know, I've never met a child actor that hasn't been bullied at some point because that is just what goes with the territory. Um, and yeah, yes, yeah, so I mean, yeah, hugely, I think. But I think now as an adult, I've never, it's literally only been the past nine months where I've kind of been examining my life. And I think, I, I think I wouldn't let my children do it. I think my, is my overall sort of uh, thing, I think. Yeah, my uh, my two and a half year old is our first child. Um, my wife works for Stagecoach, and so she does drama teaching. And went to go and see their end of term performance. Um, I took Maria, our daughter, and she was obsessed with just all of it. But yeah. all the way through, was going, "I want to be on stage, Daddy. I want to get on stage." And so at oh. the end, we we walked her up to the stage, and she's still on stage. And the look on her face of just like pure joy. Yeah. And, something- and me and Miranda were both like, "Yeah, yeah." Uh oh. <laughs> naturally, I think what's interesting is like my sister. Some kids are naturally born to do that, to be gregarious and to be on stage. I wasn't that kid. I was very shy. I was very much behind my sister. So it was never without her. I never would have found acting because it, 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 it that wasn't. I wouldn't have been doing that at two and a half. I'd have been like hidden behind my mum's skirt. Um, but I think you know there are the kids that just naturally that can just do it and um and should do it do you know what I mean like they love it mm. um whereas I think I, I examined that idea quite a lot that it's like had I not been at that in that audition room what would have happened well I mean Miranda and I are both performers so I really hope that Maria actually grows up to be a, a doctor or an accountant <laughs> honestly <laughs> yeah. some sort of trade you might need her to do something like that because you're coding you know, That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, great. We need more women in STEM. Great. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I, I think you can make a lot of money in it, and that'd be that'd be great. Um, but I know what you mean about sort of um, those moments in life, fork in the road moments. But do you, do you remember enjoying it? Do you remember as a kid enjoying? Because clearly you were good at yeah. it. So I guess there must have been some sort of fulfilment in that I'm doing something I'm good at. Oh, on set, loved it. Oh, like the couldn't have been happier than when I was with I did a lot of I didn't do much children's telly I did one very famous kids show but for but for the majority I did a lot of like playing people's daughters and so you were around lots of very generous amazing actors and you got tons of attention and were spoiled and you know the I I loved being on set that was like my favorite part I think it was all the other parts of it that kind of wasn't that I didn't enjoy yeah the the, the less glamorous side of industry a train journeys now. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really interesting you talking about it because I guess we, we just don't think about it. We think, oh, you know, it looks. I guess from the outside, you think, oh, that's just really great fun and must really enjoy. You know, there must be lots of, and there are positive aspects of it, but yeah, probably usually. don't think about the the, the 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 more negative kind of aspects of it. And and um, and actually, yeah, what how it's sort of how it's kind of come into your life and how you're now obviously having to think about it more and the impact of it, I suppose. Um, I'm trying to get And how it sort of informed every decision that's ever been yeah. made. Even down to like haircuts and the clothes you buy and mm. like, you know, even down to 
those very you know those very basic things um I think it, it has and then all the you know my whole yeah my whole my whole life really but I don't I, there's no part of me that regrets it I think you have to honor the past and your past versions of yourself mm. so well and you're and you're clearly my life and I wouldn't have the brilliant people in my life yeah I exactly yeah. Exactly. I think that's the best way to be. And you're clearly very, very good at it as well. So I want I wonder if even if you hadn't been in that waiting room, whether it would have found you somehow, this life would have found you anyway. Yeah, maybe. Fate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Do you ever think about what you would be doing or if you'd have been doing anything else or Yeah, no. I yeah, actually I had that conversation yesterday. I think I love children. I love kids. Uh um, it would be something to do with I think child psychology or or looking after children or helping kids in 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 some way I think that's probably that's probably why I would have ended up oh I mean as a kid I wanted to be a famous trampolinist but that didn't happen yeah I can't name any sort of famous trampolines I was just about to say I'm going to google are there famous, <laughs> famous trampolinists yeah it's, a, it's in the Olympics though isn't it trampolining yeah. oh yeah really yeah, I think yeah. it's you can win medals for it. I don't. So there must be some famous champions. Okay, this, Rosie, this is fate. This is absolute fate because I've literally googled famous trampolinists. Yeah. And there's one that's come up. So I'm guessing she's the most famous trampolinist in the world, and her name is Rosie McLennan. Oh, the most famous trampolinist is called Rosie. Yeah. <laughs> She's Canadian, Canadian trampolinist, 2013 and 2018 world trampoline champion, 2016, 2012 Olympic champion. And 2011, 2015 Pan American Games champion. So there you go. Good for Rosie. Yeah. Could have been, could have been you in a different alternative universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's mad. So obviously you were doing the theatre stuff and you said you started doing TV work. How did that come about, the TV stuff? Were you just, I knew you were saying you were sort of always, even at a young age, you were kind of thinking about the next jobs and stuff. Um, did you get, when you were younger, did you have an agent? What, what was, how did that yeah. work? So we were part, well, we, my sister was, and then I ended up joining, I was part of a stage school, quite a famous stage school, and they had an agency. Um, and so we just would go to, yeah, auditions when anybody needed small, dark-haired children. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that was kind of how it, it happened. And then I think, you know, as a kid, if you're, also back, you've got to remember back then, there wasn't as many kids doing it. It's not like now where everybody wants to do it and it's so accessible. It was like you kind of only did it if you really wanted to or you knew somebody or your parent, you know, it, it wasn't. So I think kid actors ended up working quite a lot because there wasn't as many of us. So um, you were sort of called in for everything. Um, yeah. So and so it kind of, kind of just kept just kept going, literally just kind of kept going. It, it never was a conscious decision on my part in terms of uh, going this is going to be the rest of my life. I don't think really. I did a show when I was 13 and I, I talk about this a lot, but I worked with Saran Jones and she was sort of the person that I watched her and went, ah, oh, you're the first person that I've met that I've gone, I want to do what you do. Cause she was so, so phenomenal. Um, and that was probably the only moment I've had where I was like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to, to copy you and still do, I think to be fair. Yeah, I was gonna ask if there was a moment where you sort of decided you want to do this or or a moment maybe where you realize oh I am doing this but this is now what I do or was it as you say was it just a kind of transient thing 
very trans. I was very lucky that when I sort of, as I did my GCSEs, I did a play at the Royal Court that got me like my first grown up kind of big agent. And then I just kept going. So that was sort of very, yeah, that, that was sort of fate. And then it was only recently that I'm like, oh no, I am an adult. This is my job. <laughs> this is my job. There's no like second second career at this point. I mean, maybe there is, I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think as creative people, you're kind of always actually, uh, there's always something in the back of your mind that's like, am I doing this? Am I actually- like, oh, what's next? Yeah, exactly. And then I sort of went into sort of writing and creating stuff because I sort of thought that that was, it, it, it gave me for the first time some sort of power, I think, because as actors, you're at the beck and call, we're the bottom of the food chain. So it's like, we, we you know, we don't get to, have sort of in a way much autonomy over our lives. And I was like, how do we, how, how can I kind of give myself some form of like power? So I start, we started kind of making stuff. Um, and that was re- a lot, I found a, a lot more fulfilling, I think for me. Yeah. Do you, I, I was going to say, well, I wanted to talk to you about your writing, but was that something you, were you, was again, was that something you did when you were at school and stuff was was writing something that was in you anyway do you think do you think I, I I was very always very good at English like I loved English I love reading um and then I've played teenage girls for the past 10 years <laughs> or a decade and I would say you know they're not necessarily the best written and I thought of was like I think I might be able to do something uh slightly you know different so that's sort of how I started writing essentially thought I'd just give it a go like most things in, in life for me it, they're not they're not like active decisions things just happen you know we did the uh Teenage Armageddon book total like there was no planning someone had just approached me to do it and I was like lol that sounds fun like there was no like I'm gonna go after this it just sort of came to me which is probably not great because I don't think being passive in your life is particularly useful um but it, it, it sort of just you know it just sort of happened really um yeah I was gonna actually say the exact the exact opposite I think actually being open to the kind of what comes along and sort of yes and kind of approach and sort of seeing what happens (laughs) rather than I think sometimes if you set yourself like a huge target you, you kind of feel like you're sort of like chasing the end of a rainbow a little bit sometimes and it's always moving a bit sort of further away and it's one of those things that actually it's not until you maybe sort of retire or you're old you look back and think oh I, I did do that I did do lots of stuff at the time you feel like you're just sort of like treading through treacle and trying to get there but I think if being able to just be a bit like okay let's see what happens oh, I'll say yes to that yes to that yeah. know, maybe that takes the stress off a little bit or, or maybe it takes that kind of anxiety away possibly I don't, I don't know yeah. I don't know no, I, I, mean, I do think that's very, very right. You know, I still beat myself up over the fact that I'm not Hannah Montana. So that was my, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I agree. <laughs> well, there's a lot of onus on like manifesting and stuff these days. And there, there is something to be said for that. But um, I think if you're constantly kind of trying to put stuff out in the universe for it to come true. Um, universe is going to be confused if you put yeah, too much. <laughs> quite. Um, you know, and I, I mean, like I say, there is something to be said for it, but yeah, I, I think, um, I think sometimes, yeah, it's, it's good to say no. And it's good to see how the cookie crumbles to a certain extent. Yeah, I do. And I do sort of, I am always been a great believer of what's for you won't go by you. Like I do, I, I, I've kind of always had that mentality. Um, but I do think recently I've kind of got into this idea of energies of what you put out, you get back sort of thing. 
um I saw Catherine Ryan last night her stand-up show it was just amazing I love her so much but you know and she was saying to all the young people in the audience she was like if you think you're wonderful you will attract wonderful people and wonderful things in your life if you think you're rubbish bad people will come in your life and I was like yeah maybe that is true um so I'm gonna try and be more like Catherine Ryan I think she's so cool <laughs> I think that's a good mantra for life to be honest to be more like Catherine Ryan I think yeah that's another t-shirt Charles for us for yeah, our, yeah, uh, be for right, our right, merch right. collection <laughs> um <laughs> You're right, though, I think, about putting out certain energies. I definitely subscribe to that as well. Um, because I think negative, negativity attracts negative people and positivity mm. attracts positivity. Yeah. But also, I think it's important to remember that like, you can change that. Like, Just because you were going, maybe you were going through a negative spell, or had tough years or something, and, and you were... Because I find sometimes I think, oh, I have days where I think, well, I'm being really negative today. I'm just, I'm being really grumpy and stuff. But you can change it. Like it is in you to change it and be like, okay, do you know what? I'm going to try and be more positive. I'm going to find my thing that makes me feel better. Go for a run or whatever. Or I'm going to open a notepad and write and something, find that thing. And I'm going to be more happy. And I'm going to smile at five people today when I walk down the road or something. Yeah. Like it is, it is doable. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've been learning about recently all about this sounds. I don't know what this sounds like, but I've been learning all about uh, our nervous systems mm -hmm. and how we are our nervous systems. And there's a theory called the polyvagal theory where it's uh, you have three different sections of your nervous system and we all constantly move up and down in our nervous systems. Um, so you have like the sort of depressed one and then you have one that's called sympathetic, which is like the anxiety one. And then you have uh, the top one, which is like the you know, where we're able to have connection and kind of enjoy our lives and how we all move through them. And once you learn how to control that, that uh, affects essentially your your daily life and how you can sort of function in the world and and kind of how you can get yourself out of certain systems and into like the good space and how we do that as humans. And I didn't know anything. I didn't realize my nervous system even existed. I was, <laughs> until I learned that, I was like, oh, okay. It's not necessarily me. It's what my body is sort of like subconsciously doing um, without me realizing. So so any tips on how how do you tap into yeah. that yeah such a good question such a good question i'm literally just learning about it at the moment um but sorry i just wondered my cat was just that's my dress <laughs> it's like eating it <laughs> um how do you tap into it it's that's a really good question i'll let you know once i learn how to okay, do it great i've not mastered it yet i can understand how it works um but i think the, the first the first thing is is recognizing it is seeing when some when you feel out of control when bad things happening is is tapping inward and realizing where you are in your body and what's your how you're reacting to it and the physical side of things that happen um but i think it takes a lot of work it's it's not something that you can kind of do over <laughs> overnight but it's something that i'm interested in um because it sort of rules our our lives really this is so up my street. It's like, I love well, this kind of stuff. Book. I'm reading a book. My therapist gave me this book called um, Anchored. It's by a woman called Deb Dana. And it's I've heard of that. She's, an, like, she's like a really amazing therapist. Um, and yeah, it's all about your, it's all about getting to know your nervous system. Yeah, I am going to, I've Googled polyvagal theory. There's a, I'm probably going to buy that book now. It's a great word as well, polyvagal. Polyvagal. I love word. that. 
Yeah. Great word. It sounds like a character act, doesn't it? And now I welcome to the stage, Polly Vague. <laughs> also, what I love and I is that it's essentially based on like a 500 million old year fish. That's like who first developed like the first part of your nervous system. And then like another fish came along 200 million years ago. And that was the second part of the nervous system. And um, Oh, right. So the book. Yeah. Oh, OK, so it's the... evolution because we are yeah. our body. Obviously, we have brains, but like we yeah. are, you know, our bodies are sort of the undercurrent of of everything it i probably like, explained this really badly no not I at all no i think it's really interesting and i think uh, i've been really interested in kind of um anthropological kind of stuff about our bodies and our brains like our primeval brains which you know yeah. uh, which is fascinating that stuff about you know obviously the why we're attracted to negativity and all that stuff um because of our prime you know our brains haven't evolved pretty much you know our bodies have evolved but our brains are still kind of the same as they were like millions of years ago um and and we still kind of get scared and fight or flight and stuff in the same ways but obviously that's the thing that we're we experience those things from as i have changed you know so it could be like a a bad tweet or a used to be a line yeah it used to be a line now it's a tweet Um, yeah (laughs) Yeah. well i'd been essentially i didn't realize but i've been like stuck in fight or flight mode for just years essentially because I don't know how it happened, but I just was sort of terrified of everything for a really long time. And it wasn't, not even consciously. And then you start doing the work and you're like, oh, okay, right. Well, how my, my life has become so much better since I've sort of learned how to recognize that that's what was going on and how to stop it. Um, because I think if you don't, I was really good at sort of dissociating and just like pushing everything down and just getting on with life and working. I was such like a mm. work, 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 don't think about anything. And then something happened sort of in September last year, which made me have to like, I had to stop and I had to look and I had to do the work, which I think happens to lots of people at kind of different stages of, of life, really. You can't run forever. That's what I've learned. Yeah, I, I, I think I've been in a similar situation. I've definitely been that. And I think, again, is that probably exacerbated by being online a lot and the news and all these kind of things that are just constantly like layer upon layer on you as a, us as people we consume too much oh god absolutely um, yeah information is accessible in a way that it's never been before because yeah. someone oh. said to me has the world always been this bad and it's like yes it probably has but we just didn't know about it because whereas now we know about everything yeah 24 7 yeah 24 7 I've I've actually done something about that this week, um, which I'm quite proud of. But you guys are both going to think it's incredibly sad, and and probably don't pick it up. And it'd be quite right to do so. Um, so, <laughs> so I my, my Twitter account I follow loads of people, and I follow loads of people from different like from news people to comedy people, fantasy Premier League people, all that kind of stuff. And I realised every time I looked on my Twitter feed on my my scrolling home feed. I was just getting depressed because it was about news stuff, politics, which I am engaged with and care about. But I was finding it was really making me just feel sad. The only thing I really cared about was these little fantasy football things that popped up because fantasy football is sort of something that keeps me sort of ticking along. And I would like interact with those and then I'd scroll up and it'd be an article about Boris Johnson and I'd I'd read it and I'd just feel bad. So what I've done this week is I've created, and this is really, this is really, really geeky and sad, but I think it's a step forward. I've created a fantasy Premier League Twitter account. So it's just, I've called it like FPL Gym. And it's just me, and I've only followed fantasy Premier League accounts. And now I look at that feed rather than my main comedy feed, and all I see is fantasy Premier League stuff. And so I don't get that anxiety pang 
of looking at the news. I'm just looking at fantasy football stuff. And it doesn't matter. It's not important. Keep make, Makes me feel happy. Makes me feel safe. And it's, it's genuinely, and it's, I did it at the start of this week, made my online existence happier and less anxiety-filled within one week. I don't think that's sad. I think that's amazing. That's, yeah, it's a brilliant decision. Thank you. I wish it was a more like, <laughs> well, I like fantasy football. It, it, it sort of kept me going during the pandemic and it's... Uh, it taps into the sort of the geeky side of my football obsession, and I like it. I enjoy it, and it's, it's yeah, it's made me happier. If you enjoy it, man. That's perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I say that my team's done very badly in the last couple of weeks, but if I can get I'll get away from that, <laughs> you just be like, yeah, your team's getting worse and worse. You're just going through like, <laughs> yeah. oh, everyone else is doing really well. <laughs> oh, compare and despair. But before I came on with you guys, I was sat with my <laughs> little notepad. Joy. Yeah. yeah, I was sat yeah. with my little notepad, and I was like doing my little. Um, maths and prices and like well he cost this he cost this my wife sat down and she was like fantasy football i was like yeah <laughs> I, 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 I must have looked happy so it was just exactly. I, don't know, I think tap into the things that sort of make you happy and 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 you know filter out the stuff that makes you feel sad yeah yeah exactly. definitely how do you find obviously on the subject of social media how do you find that as a do you find it a necessary evil with within your industry yeah Absolutely. I think it's one of those things I have a really, I think slightly tricky relationship because I do a lot of work with a mental health charity and I know the figures and the stats and what social media is doing to people's mental health, but equally knowing for work, like you do post, you do have to post about stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I try now, especially on Instagram, which is the one I probably use the most just to post about work stuff. Like I, I, or I have that little close friends thing turned on. So I want to post about something, you know, I can post to, my mates um but yeah I don't I think we're too early on to be able to see the longevity in terms of what it's done to us uh I think it will have done quite a lot so I'm I'm wary of it um I really am and also like we all know it we all know that it's people's highlight reels we all know that you know people there's an element of like look at my life to it mm. but I don't think it stops people feeling bad about about things um yeah it's uh, it's really hard, especially if you're in the creative industry. And again, this is why I've done the flip to the FPL thing. To not see other people in your industry having successes and think, ah, oh, fuck, I wish that was me. Rather mm. than, I know that person personally, and I'm really pleased for them because they've worked really hard. And yet I still can't stop myself thinking, fuck, why didn't I get that yeah. gig? Why didn't I get that award or whatever? I just, oh, it's just try that and that. I mean, that, that is something that takes a lot of work, I'm sure, flipping that switch in your brain to flip away from the jealous negati- negativity com- comparison thing, which social media has definitely exacerbated, to, oh, good for them. Yeah, exactly. And I think everybody's journeys are different and you don't know everybody's stories. And, you know, I think, like, I always think about, like, my journey and how I've ended up where I've ended up and because of various different things. And it's not the same as, you know, other other people's. And I think I went through, a, I went through quite a bad phase of just feeling like the entertainment industry was just for sort of like nepotism babies and beautiful people. And that was like, I really felt that. And I think there is some probably truth to that as well still, but it was like how I got myself out of that headspace and kind of into a place where it's like, well, you've got to where you've got to just because of like you, like just mm. from doing you and and sometimes I feel like the industry isn't for me particularly and 
but I sort of still have that belief that's like no just keep 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 plodding keep plodding along but I you know I think like all actors I despair sometimes and I think there's a lot of wonderful things about our industry a lot of truly brilliant things and truly brilliant people and change but there is an undercurrent of toxicity that runs through it and if people don't want to admit that it's because they're either enabling it benefiting from it or causing it um you can't run from that fact and and I think as creatives and as performers we are sort of at the disposable dispose disposal of everybody else above us yep. which I sometimes think is a bit crazy because we're the creatives that create things mm. um, and the hierarchy I think is slightly I think is slightly skewed sometimes because of that um but I've watched, you know, I've obviously been doing this since I was four. I've watched the industry change like massively over 20, oh my God, 20 something years, like, you know, from, you know, and I think there's a lot of really great things happening right now. Um, but I think we've still got quite a, quite a long way, long way to go. Yeah. yeah. And go back to your writing. So I was going to go back to your writing and, and the fact that you were saying that um, like you hadn't, you'd played lots of teenagers and they hadn't ever been written. Well, is that because they were written by essentially, sensibly like men more than women? Oh yeah. Often. Yeah. I think. Um, you know. And obviously you're, you're changing that because you're, you know, you're giving, you know, giving yourself to write, you know, write yourself and write that part, those parts, you know, from, from your point of view, rather than from, yeah. from a male one, that, that's you changing the. Yeah. yeah the trying to. Yeah. Like trying to, and I think now, you know, companies are taking bigger chances on young female writers and young female directors. You know, I still say, I think not in theatre, but in telly, I've worked with maybe four female directors in my whole career. Like it's, you know, the the change is needed and it's necessary. And um, I think it is coming. Um, but yeah, I obviously would, I would love to be part of that, <laughs> part of that change if that's possible. Have you seen Amelia? The play? Oh, the play, yes. Yeah. So good. Phenomenal, yeah, yeah. And that was an entire female cast and team i think wasn't it i might have got that wrong all female cast yeah i'm not sure about the team behind but anyway, as you were talking it made me think of that and it was uh it's absolutely brilliant um there was a horrible news this week about um cinderella wasn't there in the west end that got um oh it, it got uh, it's ending its run and all the performers found out on social media yeah yeah, yeah i saw that yeah that was horrendous and, and, <laughs> yeah i think you know that's a prime example of sort of how we are get treated and how disposable we are and how I don't think our mental health as performers has ever mm. really taken into consideration really what it, what it does to you. And, you know, I talk to so many actors about this all the time, but especially since post COVID, everything is sort of, uh, it used to be go in the room, but now it's self tapes. You send a self tape in and it's like, you do so many of them and it's sort of like screaming into a void. And there are some cast directors that let you know, which is brilliant. And then there's also lots that, that don't and you spend I would say for a self type I spend a minimum of four hours on it um but often quite a lot more than that <laughs> and so you're doing this you know this work and you're sort of ending up feeling slightly well not slightly you know very disheartened and and I think that I would I think lots of actors feel like it would be good if there was a change there because I think you end up feeling not underappreciated because we've signed up for this industry but just like we're just asking for really basic respect. I think that's it. It's yeah. so funny because um, it's not funny, but literally one of our first 
a recordings of this podcast with with an actor called Dan Chute, and he talked about this very thing, and this is going back four years, um, and yeah. saying uh, the worst part of the job is being ignored, yeah. um, and uh, you know there isn't anything in place. Now, I mean, it's the same with other types of employment as well. That there's just no uh, recognition for, like you yeah. say, you've put in four or five hours, maybe more work on something mm. just to just even just to get a rejection is nicer than just being ignored yeah. completely. I don't mind getting, you know, we have yeah, yeah. multiple times a week. Like, that's cool. But it's just, I'm like, okay, I had a friend that was like, it's like, so you have lots of, you, you know, when you're in the mix for jobs, it's like having ships on the sea and like, you can, okay, you've not got that one, so you can sink that ship. And it's like, you know, what ships have you got left on your your sea, which I always really liked. Um, but yeah, it's a very, it's a very, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a tricky landscape to navigate in that respect. And I think especially for, for mental health, you know, and how you advocate for that. And like, I'm about to start a, a play rehearsals and I go to therapy and I, for the first time in my life, I've had to ask whether they can do a rehearsal schedule, which means that I can still go to therapy in order to, you know, be accountable for how I am in the rehearsal room and be the best version of myself mm. because I know that I need that right now and that was really difficult to have that conversation and to send that email first and I was terrified because I've never I thought oh god they're gonna think I'm we've not even started and they're gonna think I'm difficult and they're gonna think I'm demanding actually it was just me going I I really I really need this I've had a really difficult really difficult nine months and like this is what's keeping me kind of as a functioning human being but I was so scared so scared to do that and it, it went positively yeah 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 so this is great <laughs> but i you know the fear that i felt just to mm. ask to be like oh i really need this like and, um, and perhaps that was something that wouldn't have been so well received in in, in the past as well if someone had come forward and said like, I, I need i need this to be the best yeah. you know the best version of myself for this production and um and people and would, want uh, to do a great job for you yeah yeah and also that you might yeah, you know yeah, as, yeah. A, as, as a person you might not want to approach the subject you might do it in secret instead because you feel like you might not get the job or you'll lose the job or you know that there'll be a some disharmony within the you know within the the working group um and that's you know it's great that you can you know it's good and it's it was sad that you you know that you felt nervous about and anxious about having to do that you know it'd be nice if you could just be confident about doing that you know and there wouldn't be that kind of stigma attached um but it's good that obviously they they were good about it but yeah i think that's the thing that we need to change is that kind of mentality about it that that should that should be just okay yeah absolutely and if, yeah. if i needed physio on my leg exactly. every Monday, i'd get to you know that wouldn't even be a problem yeah. because it's my brain um that, that i was so and i think until i went into therapy i you know i worked for a mental health charity but i had stigma around therapy and I was really I think I kind of went there kicking and screaming a bit and was like I don't want to do this and then when I went it was like oh no this is like mm. this is great this is how you can heal and I know I say this by saying I know I'm in a very privileged position that I can access therapy because I know that it's so inaccessible for so many people and yeah. that makes me really, really angry yeah I completely agree and that is that is I mean I, I was the same thing I started counseling and, and again was very much someone that probably thought it wasn't 
it was all sort of mumbo jumbo and stuff and very quickly found out that was not the case but you're right it, um the accessibility does need to improve because there are many people that can't afford it because it can obviously be quite pricey um, i don't i don't know how that changes going forward but but you're right because it's really something that everybody in the same way as uh you know as you say injury for a physical thing everyone should have should have access to be able to to, to help their, their mental state i think and that's that that's without question yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, there needs to be huge changes in investment. Um, but, you know, there's been subsequent governments that haven't invested in it. And I think, you know, actually... It's post so underfunded. It's, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and it's such a growing, you know, it's... Um, people have had mental health issues previously, but I think because it, we're more aware of it now, then, you know, and people are... are perhaps finding it easier to reach out they they we need those services even more than ever that yeah absolutely like yeah. i think i don't know where i would be right now had i not gone into therapy in october in all honesty um it has literally like i guess become the foundation of like okay everything fell apart but like now you get to rebuild yourself with your five cats yeah. <laughs> how you want to rebuild your life essentially and you get i you i get to choose how yeah. that looks for the first time yeah yeah bringing that power back a little bit i think i think it's good as well that we're having these conversations on these podcasts you know I, I i do think it is more of a spoken about thing and and you know it's great you're coming on talking about it because there'll be people listening that 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 might have thought it wasn't for them or might be on the brink of thinking i might think about it and, yeah uh, yeah uh, my my te my testimony is go get go to therapy mm. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, because it's. Yeah. I think it's again. It's maybe it's a cultural thing because I think like obviously you know there are stories stories about the in the United States everyone has therapy. You know, it's like a quite yeah. it's quite a normal thing. Whereas oh, yes. we they yeah. still got this kind of we're British. Thing about, yeah, yeah. The inherent Britishness where we're just like keep calm and carry, carry on. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Develop it. But then, but then you get to the point like so. I went into therapy sort of in like chaos state, which is not always the best place no. to go in like you sh if you can go in before and learn the tools to equip yourself so, so you don't end up in that place but i went in in full like chaotic life could not have been worse um so it was a lot of like bringing me down from that place um so if you can get there before that yes and, and i say that in a way of like <laughs> not to be like none of it was my fault it, but it wasn't i i'd had a series of events that happened that had nothing to do with me um, and I think, I don't know what would have happened had I left it any, any longer, I think. Yeah. Well, thank I you for even, sharing that. Um, yeah. Rosie. Yeah. Thank I you. I do appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And like Jim says, I think a lot of people will listen and, and that will resonate with them and, you know, and hopefully they'll, they'll yeah. feel, you know, feel more empowered to reach out as well. But even that first step of going, even that first step of like booking your first session or, or, or going, it's such a huge step. Like it's so big. It's I sent my the email being like, I don't really know how one goes about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do I get to come? And I did my first session and then I went home and I literally felt I couldn't get off the sofa for like the rest of the day. I was like, so like, I can't believe I've just, I've just done that. Yeah. Um, but it's therapies about having someone, I think what I found really useful is that it's being witnessed. It's mm. being seen in a way that you're not necessarily seen in the world. And I think that's what has been, or is, I say was, I'm very much deep in it at the moment, but I find that really to be seen by somebody 
I think is is quite a a powerful a powerful tool really yeah I completely agree and somebody that is there to see you someone that's there to see you yeah absolutely um yeah they going back to your um the writing and stuff is that something you want to do more of because I know you it started as a play and then you you had the book as well and film right yes yeah um we just saw we just uh have uh, someone's just acquired the the tv rights for the play because it's, it's weird isn't it <laughs> Armageddon was a play yeah then it got turned into a book but they both have the same titles but they're not related no the so there's different options is it yeah the play is a story and then the book is a non-fiction book yeah. so that's a separate thing so someone's just acquired the tv rights for the play which yeah. is really exciting a production company and then um yeah and then the the book is like a separate sort of entity but um yeah i i am doing writing another book at the moment which is really cool um and sort of yeah developing the tv arm of of teenage armageddon and yeah so you're gonna are you writing the screenplay kind of scripts for yeah i think we're gonna bring on a co-writer simply because i can't do a tv series by myself like i'm not that experienced um yet um but yeah i've got yeah lots of like i just really love telling stories like we're all stories in the end but like i i i I love doing that so i've got quite a few like different little pots boiling here and there and yeah i like i like i think realizing you have a voice and kind of that your story can help or relate to people and make them feel less alone is a really sort of powerful a powerful thing for me so yeah just sort of writing away um, it's such a great outlet writing and I yeah. you know obviously being a writer I, I advocate anybody to do a bit of writing even you know even if you don't think you can write because oh just God. the process of actually doing it like the yeah. physical process of writing and then also what you're getting out even if it's yeah. rubbish just do it yeah I said uh, my new thing as of this week is I act for money, which is not true. I don't act for money. I love acting, yeah. but it's like my job is acting. I act for money, but I write for my heart. Yeah. That's, I was like, I really like that. Um, yeah. But I don't act for money. I act because I, I like acting. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really bad. Isn't it? I act for money. No, that's just, that's like my t- job title. Yeah. Yeah. It's a job. Yeah. Yeah. You've, yeah. you've, You've, you've worked a long time for that and that's 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 your job do you I have any well i'm a psychology student though because i get embarrassed really do you? oh yeah yeah i i can't in fact on saturday i was outside i'd seen deborah france's white stand-up show which is amazing and we stood outside soho theater and some girls were talking to me and my friend and were asking what we do and i just like froze my friend was like oh she's an actor and i was like i hate i just don't don't ask me what I do. Don't ask me to list my CV. It's like, <laughs> well, I, I guess the people are like, what have you been in? You know, that's, that's exactly the, guess, the, next the next question. question. And you're like, I, I can't stand here and list my CV. <laughs> like in no other job would somebody come to you and, you know, you're a plumber. Really? What sinks have you fixed? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Although that, is, that I'm going to ask that next time. I I'm going to ask that. That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the great electrics you've fitted. Yeah, yeah, they might have yeah. done the electrics in the Buckingham Palace or something. Yeah, but no, it's true. That. It's true. And then you're like, on then there is that added pressure of sort of explaining yourself and yeah. then having to give things context and you know, like oh, you know. And I think again, that's trying to sort of, I suppose, if someone says, "Oh, what have you been in?" You'll say something, and they're like, oh, "I've never heard of that." And then you say, "Well, yeah. so and so's in it," <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, I don't know who that is either." You know, 
it's uh, then you're going down a rabbit hole with it, aren't you, a little bit? So I can understand that to a certain extent. But yeah. now you can say writer as well, you see. Weirdly, that fits. I don't have the shame around. Someone says, oh, I, you know, if I said I was a writer and I had a book, that felt, that fits me well. And I don't feel the, sh I, feel sh I feel ashamed when people ask me what I do and I say I'm an actor. Um, so, yeah, I like the writer title fits nicely, I think. Well, That's maybe really do that if you're more, you're more comfortable with it. But yeah. Um, you're a very, very good actor, so you should you should be. Um, I know it's difficult, though. I'm not going to, you know, but yeah, it's hard. I can understand that, and especially in those moments where you're kind of confronted with that. That's all. I don't know. Maybe that's a British thing as well. Just asking people what they do for a living. It's like one of those sort of go-to questions, isn't it? Like, what's the weather like? Um, can I just pause for two seconds? Of course. Like, yeah. 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 Please do. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, no, no. Go for it. I've got ten cats for you. <laughs> So delivery of cats. Sorry. Don't That's apologize. Right. It's cool. I waited like two months for this delivery. I've got, a, I have a, uh, I have a new flat uh, and I haven't got a wardrobe for any of my clothes. So I've waited two months for this wardrobe and it's finally being Yay. delivered. So I put my clothes somewhere. Uh, great. Have you got to put it together? Is it like an Ikea type? Yeah, thing? I'm slightly worried about that because I'm not tall enough. Ah. <laughs> How do I step? switch? Hmm. Have you got a I'm step sure. or a chair you can Watch stand on? Face. Watch this face. <laughs> like you, you could you might be on the cusp of inventing a new topless wardrobe thing. There you go. That, no. I don't know. It could be like well, a very you could just put the what, you could just put the throw them in. Throw them in. Like basketball. Throw them in and hope the best. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yeah. basketball. Yeah. They're in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Might be a drill actually. No, I will. Sometimes they come with tools, don't they? Yeah, I like those they ones. They come with like there's all action Allen keys. That yeah, sort of open oh, yeah. everything. Okay. Fingers crossed. I uh, will be thinking of you. Keep us yeah. up. Keep, keep us. Yeah. Bed. I built my bed. Oh well, you're. Oh, but this will be a piece of piss then? compared to that. It's really easy. Beds are quite yeah. complicated. Yeah. This one was a bamboo, like really heavy bed. Like it, it weighs a lot and i i mean i did get crushed by the box at one point i thought i was gonna <laughs> but i did build it so i was pretty pretty chuffed it's all the slaps and stuff that's the that's the tricky bit i found when i yeah built my bed. absolutely my old bed um that my ex took <laughs> i had a um i we had to build the what's it when they have the bit under the the storage underneath. oh yeah yeah that yeah, that, that's yeah. fatal if that goes wrong like hands are going off like when you're trying to build that, that <laughs> together it's just dangerous i'm so rubbish with flat packs my wife does all our flat packs she's really good she enjoys doing it as well i'm just awful with anything <laughs> like that so bad crushed by bed would be such a depressing way to go it would it? yeah yeah the only way i can explain it is that the the box it came in was probably double the width of me and my height and so when it did, I was trying to save the cats so they didn't get crushed. <laughs> of course, the cats as well. Onto the floor, and I was literally crushed under the weight of this oh, box. Oh, no. My, my phone wasn't in reach. I couldn't reach oh. my phone. And it was heavier, and I couldn't push it up. And I was like, it was up to my neck. And I was like, this is how I go. This is how I go. Oh, <laughs> I'm killed by a bed. Um, and luckily, it took me about half an hour. I shimmied out from under the box. But it was... It was a scary half an hour, guys. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my Whoa. God. Dude, that sounds quite traumatic. It does. Yeah, it does. Oh, Successfully man. adulting. Washing my clothes with dish tablets. That was another one. That was another great one. Oh, no. Yeah. Did you put them in the washing machine? I don't even know 
have a dishwasher. So the fact that <laughs> I'm washing my dishwasher tablets is quite remarkable. So did they come um, out what? Did they come out a bit salty? Were they a bit kind of what were they? they were absolutely fine. Oh, well, I then didn't that's fine. Know. Yeah. Like, and then someone came around and was like, You're washing your clothes with dishwasher tablets, Rosie. And I was like, That's, okay. I've, that's how I've always done it. Well, that's why I get, we, that's we, how they look so clean. A bonus B, you can then eat your dinner off your clothes. And yeah. Fine. <laughs> Very shiny. Very shiny. <laughs> um, Rosie, it's been so lovely to talk to you today. Thank you so much for your time. Really, oh, really me. enjoyed it. Um, last question, really, was um, yeah, what what's what's the plan going forward so you're obviously doing the you're doing the uh, tv adaptation of um teenage armageddon and then is that still going to run as a play as well are you going to do more productions of it i have outgrown the role i'm too old to do right. the role now so there may be other incarnations of it moving forward um it but it won't be me so i think the tv thing is the thing that i'm mm. uh focused on right now um but yeah i really like that friends quote where it's like what's the plan and phoebe's like plan i don't even have a plan like i, <laughs> I don't think i don't think but like i think just trying to like for the first time kind of take control mm. of my life and kind of grow as a human being i'd like that's that's actually my plan i want to sort of kind of not be uh, uh, performative for other people and kind of get to live my life for me. And I, that hopefully involves writing and helping teenagers and teenage girls and doing more more acting. Um, yeah, I'm about to do a play. I'm not sure if I can say, I think it's being announced next week, uh, what play I'm about to start doing, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, and and yeah, just sort of living, living, as the kids say, living my best life. Yeah. Be more Catherine Ryan. <laughs> my best life, yeah. Be, <laughs> Be more Catherine Ryan. So uh, funny enough, do you, what, how do you find like the different types of work? Do you like theatre work over TV? I mean, they're, they're probably sure they've both got pros and cons, but is there one you more passionate about than the other? I will always love filming because I've done a ton of it and I grew up on set and it's great, but there is something about theatre that really... Um, it, it, it's an it's an adrenaline that I can't explain, and I think when we did the TNG Armageddon play, and it was just me on stage, <laughs> that level of adrenaline every night, like it it, it was it, it's amazing, it's a buzz, and um, yeah, so theatre and theatre is something that I've had to work really hard at because I didn't go to drama school, and there was very much a, a sort of I don't want to say snobbery, but uh, we've not gone to drama school, so you're not you can't you've not learned the tools, therefore you can't do theatre, and it wasn't until a theatre director took a chance on me and cast me in a play. Uh, and she was like, you can do theatre that sort of made mm. me believe in that. So theatre sort of makes me feel like, theatre makes me feel, it sounds awful. It makes me feel like a, like a real actor, which is stupid. That's not a thing. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, theatre. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm really excited to do that over the summer. It's funny, isn't it? I was thinking about this the other day. I was talking to someone else about um, the whole drama school thing and how there is, there is, there is a bit of a not stigma but there is a bit of a snobbery around it i think like you know you have to be trained and all that kind of stuff and i was thinking well i was in a, like a rock band and i just learned the guitar and i joined i played in a room with some mates and we did a load of gigs and we got better and like we didn't go to rock school uh, <laughs> and learn like all the you know it's just seems, what a shame though that i know so i know cool. i wish i had but like 
you know, the, the, in other kind of industries, it's not the same kind of thing about it. But it does seem to be with acting that there just seems to be this, you have to be trained. You can't do Shakespeare unless you've been trained, you know, which seems and I think, just baffling. I think that is changing. I think the industry is becoming more accessible, which is mm. so, so great. And there's not such an onus on it. But certainly when I was younger, it was it was very much like I did once have an agent call me up. This is when I was about 19 going and saying something like, oh, you you haven't gone to drama school, so you can't do theatre. You're not good enough at theatre, saying that and like crying my eyes out afterwards. Yeah. Um, so then when I did Teenage Armageddon and I was on stage and, you know, it, it was reviewed, I think it got seven five star reviews. It was a real uh, <laughs> it was a real moment for me to be like, see, I can. <laughs> Because it's bollocks, the isn't time it? I believed in myself. Yeah. Because it's bollocks, really. Like, you can. And, and everyone comes from different journeys and different parts of life. And yeah, you don't have to have gone to drama school. No. That's my cat. I can hear the cat. Agreeing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rosie, thank you so much for your time today. Really, really love talking to you. And, uh, yeah, thanks for being so honest with us. And, um, yeah, it's been a really, real treat to talk to you. Thank you. Well, thank you. Rosie Day on the Blank Podcast. What a fantastic guest. And I think, Giles, the first guest to um, offer our listeners a free cat as well. <laughs> yeah, she's got so, so many that's a milestone. Cats. Oh, so many cats. Um, yeah, it's funny because uh, um, obviously she got gifted a cat to start with and the cat was um, pregnant and then obviously had a little litter. Uh, and now she's got loads of cats and they've all fully grown. And... It's similar sort of thing happened to well, how we got our cat was that my um, brother and his husband, James, they took in a cat and uh, it was pregnant and then they had a litter and we got we got one of the cats and then they the other four went to other homes. But yeah, it, yeah, it was um, it's funny how that happens sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah it's, I think it's quite hard to tell whether they're preg they're, they're pregnant till quite late. Well, I was just thinking as well, because she gave ran, ran us through the names of the five cats. She got four girls and one boy. Mm. So. I mean, she could end up with loads of cats. She could. She could, yeah. At some point. That, that lad's going to be busy. So. <laughs> so anyway, if you want a free cat, get in contact. It's not... It's, I just want to caveat by saying I don't think that's a genuine offer. So. <laughs> I don't think it's real. <laughs> just to confirm in case anyone yeah. does get in contact. Um, but Rosie, what a great guest. I mean, we just covered so many subjects and she's very open and honest about her life and 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 that's what you know that's what makes these episodes so great really when i guess come on and talk like that so um really appreciate everything she was saying and and you know there's so much more to come from her you know performing wise writing wise clearly with everything she's got going on so i think it's someone you're going to hear from from a long time and you know i wish her all the best because it feels like she's got a lot a lot loads more to offer yeah she's been in loads of really big shows i'm sure lots of people have seen her in loads of stuff she's been in all sorts of things um very prolific and uh, yeah and obviously she's doing more theatre work at the moment and yeah and obviously this new show that's going to come out which is about the Teenage Armageddon play that she originally wrote and then the book um, so yeah really fantastic and it sounds like she's writing a, another book at the moment as well so really good to hear that she's doing well and um, yeah she's just a lovely person so it was lovely to spend some time with her absolutely we like lovely people doing well don't we that's what we, we do we like on this podcast good people doing 
doing good and good things along the way. And obviously she's a mental health advocate as well and works with mental health charity as well. So we, we know that she, she's helping people as well through her, through that work, but also through her writing yeah. as well. We know how transformative and helpful writing and, and, and art can be in, in that way. So, uh, you know, she's helping a lot of people and putting some good stuff out there. And it was a really, really good to talk to her as well. Um, so that's it for this episode. Oh, what, what we've got to do? Contacts. If you want to get in contact with us, if you want to let us know you've enjoyed this episode or other episodes or anything, or you've gone in the back catalogue, we've done a few classic episodes over the last couple of weeks as well. Please do get in contact and let us know what you've enjoyed. Our Twitter handle, Instagram handle, and Facebook handle is all the same. It is at blank pod. B-L-A-N-K-P-O-D. We need, you know how like um, on daytime TV shows, the, their five-digit text number mm. to get caught. we'll have a little jingly thing maybe we need that for that for the twitter handle b-l-a-n-k no that's rubbish b-l-a-n-k-p-o-d no i'm just spitballing ideas here but yeah i'm not sure mate <laughs> okay <laughs> probably should leave production <laughs> meetings to off air that's my yeah that <laughs> that's the go-to review yeah b-l-a-n-k-p-o-d something like that b-l-a-n-k P-O-D. No. <laughs> really sell the P-O-D. P-O-D. Or you, you can, can just have like a... Really aggressively. Yeah. Um, I was thinking more like in a world of podcasts. <laughs> no. You, <laughs> you just overproduced it massively. <laughs> yeah. I want it to be like a massive action film trailer. Right. You want yeah. it to be a three-minute trailer yeah. for a Twitter handle. And in I just want a world little like... <laughs> of tweets. <laughs> Whereas I just want like an 80s jingle. Yeah. Maybe we can combine the two. <laughs> In a world oh, of tweets. P-L-A-N-K-P-O-D. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. Yeah. Right. That's why we don't do that for a living. Um yeah. thank you very much to Rosie. Yeah, the voiceover work's gonna dry up. God. Uh, uh, yeah. It, it didn't start. It hasn't started yet. Yeah. Um Thank you, Rosie, for coming on. What a fantastic guest. Yeah, it was, thank uh, you, it was a lot of fun. Flew by. Absolutely flew by. Yeah. Um, and thank you to our listeners and our patrons as well. Thank you for your support. We appreciate we love you it. All. We do. And uh, we're back next week, Charles, with another guest yeah. on the Black Podcast. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We do. Oh, we hope so. I think That's how so. we roll. That's how we roll. Uh, but in the meantime, have a good week, mate. Hope you, uh, and you. you can get out and enjoy the, you know, enjoy the sunshine. Yeah, I'm going to get some vitamin D and some Wellman. <laughs> So I was about to say, I'm going to go and shove some Wellman down my throat. <laughs> well, man. Well, man, that's the end of this episode. Yeah. Sponsorships uh, are going to come flooding in. We could be sponsored by Wellman. We're in the bracket. We can't. We can't of... even pronounce the name. <laughs> but like, if you look at David Gandhi on the front cover, he is, I mean, he's a bit older than us, but like he's in, we're in that age bracket now, middle-aged man. Maybe we should we get could... him on the pod. Oh, I think, I think he'd be great. Mm. He'd be, have we had a... We had sort of international model before. No, I don't think so. Let's get him on. I mean, obviously, there are two international models presenting the show, but uh, we've not had a guest. (laughs) Very good. And that is the intro to the David Gandhi episode. Yeah. All right. We'll try and get in contact with David Gandhi and we'll we'll get him on. And we can basically ask him him about Wellman tablets. (laughs) And he'll say, yes, it's Wellman. He'll say it's Wellman. And we'll say, thanks for coming, David. (laughs) Shortest episode ever. Right. No one's listening at this point. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you again soon. Bye.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.